2: You see that there are peppers in here, by the way. Have you noticed that this jar of peppers? Remember last week, the oh, hot dog at the arena? Oh, the sport, had, the sport peppers. Sport peppers, yeah. And for some reason, somebody maybe sent in a jar of okay, sport peppers. Okay,
3: yeah, because yeah, we, Jeremy, I think, asked uh, on Twitter, sport, sport peppers, peppers, and somebody responded to that. I think I mentioned like they're mini peppercinis, which is what those look like.
2: Yeah, they almost look like. Like little pickles. We talked about it on the air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, I'm sure this ran through Jeremy. There's a jar of... uh, (laughs) All right. The authentic Chicago-style hot dog pepper. I know one person who may have an opinion about this. Mm. He's on the line. He is Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Let's keep this kind of short if we can, because there's an interesting football game in the end of the season, to recap here, Ross. But would, would you be the sort to just sort of open this jar of pepperoncinis, essentially, and just start popping them?
4: Absolutely not. No. I am very, very anti-pepper. <laughs> and while I'm at it, I'm anti-onion, too. Oh. You know, when I was growing up, my mom liked to put onions in everything, and I didn't like them. I didn't like the texture or the taste. And my mom would say, oh, you can't even taste them. And I would say, then why are you putting them in? That's a very hard thing to I say about like onions. That.
3: I think it's a very hard thing well, to sell why, me why about are onions. you putting them in but you can't even taste them?
4: I don't like them and you're saying you can't even taste them. Fair that makes question. no sense. Fair question. <laughs> I was like eight years old. I was like, that's the worst argument I've ever heard, Mom.
2: <laughs> they're, not, they're not just packed <laughs> with not. vitamins.
4: They're not packed See, with I'm vitamins. not a pepper guy. I'm not a uh, onion guy, <clears throat> unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't know. It's
2: it's just how it is. Okay, all right. Some levity, appreciate that. Now to the Bills. It's over. A great game. Um, Again, I, again one of these
3: great games that everybody's talking about. A great game. It was such a great game. Toe to toe, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I, but the Bills always lose, Ross. It's it's getting upsetting. Yeah,
4: no, it wasn't a great game. I I, uh, I can appreciate people saying that, but from my perspective. And how I feel about Buffalo and the Bills. And, you know, I've been up there so much. and I was, It's my favorite team I played for. I got to tell you guys, it is tough. Well, you guys know. It, it is tough kind of being a Bills fan still. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the Dude. game <laughs> with my wife and daughters. <laughs> and then I made my daughters go to bed at halftime. And then the next morning, they were, like, devastated because they know that, like, the Bills are our AFC team and we want the Bills to win. And, uh, man, I just I, – I cannot imagine. So, for me, it's not, like, a big part of my life anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I broadcast other games. I live in central Pennsylvania. Whatever. Um, but I know a lot of Bills fans. Like, I mean – I literally, when I go up there, I have met with Steven Soroka at Bar Bill Tavern. You know, he's one of my podcast listeners. My guy, Jan Lehman, like, brings me, like, donuts and beer to my car outside the parking lot. It's amazing, right? Like, they're the nicest people in the world. They're amazing. And um, my heart, like, hurts so bad for them, for everybody up there. I'm just so sick of it. It's just BS, and um, I uh, listen, I have a lot to say, but one thing I will say, it's hard not to be incredibly impressed by the Chiefs. I mean, we are now to the point with the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes where it feels very similar to Brady and Belichick where it's like, it feels like you have to play perfectly to beat them in the playoffs. And that's just incredible. I mean, I, the Packers really should have beat the Niners Saturday night. I mean, they really, really were one play away like six different times. And if that were the case, then the Cowboys, Eagles, and Niners, who were considered the three best teams in the NFC, would have had zero playoff victories this postseason. Zero which just goes to show how hard it is, right? So for the Chiefs to once again win a couple playoff games, once again be in the AFC Championship game, it's hard not to be very, very impressed by them. But also, I don't care. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. Like, I, I, you know, the Chiefs are the Bills' nemesis. We know this. And I just really thought and was hoping and everything that – This is going to be the breakthrough. But I had serious doubts early in the fourth quarter. I think I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL. At that point, it felt like the Bills' offensive line had been dominant, and Josh Allen had played about as close to a perfect game as he could, and they were still losing at that point. And it was, like, demoralizing to watch that.
2: Yes. To um, furthering all this, Ross, to what extent do you blame the Bills? I I don't mean to ask that as, like, I I need to make it about blame. Because I I agree, who wouldn't? Like, you have to – it's a great way of illustrating the Chiefs' uh, run of success. But um, end of the game, something else? I mean, the the Bills did not turn the ball over. They really controlled the clock. They dominated time of possession – But at the end, two-minute warning, 27-yard line, two passes fall incomplete, missed field goal, boom. That's it. I mean, I've said a lot in the last couple days with Bulldog I would have played that differently. I think the worst-case scenario for Mahomes there is a first down and to keep pushing the clock off. You might be able to win the game without giving Kansas City time. Like That was possible. But, uh, of course, also Shakir is open in the end zone. I don't really want to go as far as to just, like,
1: don't on th- Allen. Don't, for, don't throw the ball there. Yeah, I just right. I think
2: you know, Diggs open on a drag. Allen running, which is unstoppable. I would have I would have preferred to see that.
4: So uh, that's interesting. So like number one, all of these things count, right? So only getting one yard on first down. Yep. Running the ball and only getting one yard on first down. That's an important factor mm-hmm. in this because then that kind of put him in a position to throw the next two plays. It's really hard to blame Allen for trying to throw it to Shakir. I feel like we've all seen him throw that touchdown pass a million times, and if he doesn't get bumped by Deion Dawkins, maybe he does. And then third down, I mean, I saw some guys underneath he could have thrown it to, but they wouldn't have gotten the first down. So I guess it would have run more clock and been a little bit of a closer field goal or given McDermott a decision to make on, on fourth down. If you threw it underneath and they got four or five yards, Mm -hmm. you know, then maybe McDermott has a decision to make. Um, I will say regardless, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I could, I would have bet a lot of money that Mahomes would still go down and at least get a field goal. You know, like, sure. is, is yeah. there any doubt?
2: Well, he he, um, but, I do think, he he should have needed a touchdown if the Bills scored a touchdown, but yeah, okay, you're talking about if the yeah, kick is true. made.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Um, honestly, I probably think he would have gotten that anyway, but yeah, uh, maybe not. Uh, I do think that we, in general, spend too much time on the end of game. You know, at, at the very end of the game. Because really, if you're the Bills, A, it shouldn't have come down to that. And B, the Bills are extremely fortunate with the Hardman touchdown fumble. Dude, yeah, yeah. Extremely fortunate. So, like, we can say, like, oh, if he made the kick. Well, yeah, but, like, they really were, what, an inch or two away from being down 10? And
3: can you that's imagine you, you i mean you've been with us all year, you know how hard it got on McDermott around Thanksgiving after that Eagles game and the icing the kicker and we I mean we went all over that, no need to relitigate it, but if they go down ten after a failed fake punt i mean i i i don't i I can't imagine the amount of fire that's raining down from the sky on McDermott
4: yeah, isn't it interesting how how things unfold afterwards? has an impact on what we thought, you know, what, what happened before that, right? And how much we talk about what happened before that. And so, it, like, all of the above can be true, right? Like, number one, it was a really bad start for the Bills this season. Number two, it was a really impressive comeback from six and six to win the next six games in a row and win the division and get number two seed and win a home playoff game. That's awesome. And the move by McDermott from Dorsey to Brady paid off and all of that stuff. But, And also I would say there's no question that the injuries on defense had an impact on that game on Sunday. I mean, there's, there's no question, right? They're playing guys that probably shouldn't be out there. And so I guess my point is for all of these There's a lot of blame to go around, right? Like, Shurfield had two balls you could have caught and didn't. Diggs had the bomb that you kind of need a guy making that much money. You kind of need him to make that play. You know, it was not an easy play, but it's not going to be easy against the Chiefs. Um, And even with the injuries on defense, McDermott's got to come up with something better than that, right? Like, the, the Chiefs have not been a good offense. All year, you have to have some. Did they punt at all? They They punted once. Once, yeah, and one time in the fourth quarter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not like. I almost don't care how many injuries you have. I'd like to think that if you're McDermott, you can come up with something better than that. Yeah. To the point where you can get more stops than that, somehow, some way. Do I think the game might have been different? If Milano and Trey White, some of those guys were playing, and Terrell Bernard, yeah, probably. But I don't know. I mean, during the game, the Chiefs lost their spy linebacker, Willie Gay. They lost their safety, Mike Edwards. So, they, I mean, the Chiefs Mm -hmm. had guys playing that I barely even heard of in the secondary. And, I mean, their leading tackler was a rookie fourth-round pick Shamari Connor from Virginia tech who's out there and they lose their left guard, their best offensive lineman, Joe Tooney. So while all of that is true and especially you guys in Western New York, you're very forgiving, which I think is a wonderful quality (laughs) about the injuries. You know what? The chiefs had injuries too. And the chiefs actually had several key injuries during the game. Right. And they still figure it out. Right. During yeah. the
2: game when you haven't prepared for it. That's
4: the part that's been yeah. infuriating is that whether it's Reed out coaching McDermott, which he certainly did, or just the mindset. It's interesting. I interviewed, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I just interviewed Mike Mayock for tomorrow's Ross Tucker football podcast. And he did the game on radio. He was there Sunday. And he said in the fourth quarter, he just kind of got the sense or feeling that the Bills, there was a little bit of here we go again, and the Chiefs just have the utmost belief that they're going to win those games. And, you know, I don't know why he feels that, or maybe that's just past history. I will tell you this, having played in New England, you absolutely expect to win those games and even when i was with the bills and we played against new england when they were awesome with brady and everything i'm not sure we did you know i'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sure like deep down we did expect to win those games especially when it got close late well it's a lot
3: to overcome if you don't have any sort of track record of of success like that's you know for for as great as the, the these games have been be, be, between Mahomes and Allen and Reed and McDermott. You you need and they've beaten them in the regular seasons. So we know they can do it, but you need to do it in in you know in January, and that's what was on the line here. And it's going to make it that much harder again next year, whatever, whatever year the Bills have. We're going to be like, well, you know, well, the getting them to come here thing is gone because we just did that. That didn't work either. So, like, what now? An act of God? It it just gets so hard getting back to, like, the psyche of the fan base here and how we're all feeling. It just Sunday felt like, to me, easily the biggest game since any of the Super Bowls. And, And even though it wasn't to go to the Super Bowl, just to get past the Chiefs in the divisional round, I felt like they needed I, – I said it plainly probably to you last week. They just have to win this game some way, somehow, and there they are, two minutes at the 27. I would have loved my chances if you told me last Tuesday when I was having anxiety attacks about this game, that's where I'm going to be, down three at, at the 27-yard line, at the two-minute warning. I, I would take that because I'll expect my quarterback to make a play here and we're going to win. And now it doesn't happen, and it just gets that much harder to sort of build the whole thing back up, you know?
4: Yeah, I mean, like, if they play next year in the playoffs, is there anybody that's going to expect the Bills to win that game?
2: Which is kind of where...
4: That doesn't mean they can't, but... Right. You know, I feel like this happens at times, right? Like, the Niners had to beat the Cowboys when the Cowboys kind of had their number for those couple years, like, there's always going to be that other team, and to be the man, you got to beat the man, and you got to beat them. And you know, I, I'm I'm going to be on the sideline Sunday for the Chiefs Ravens, and we'll see if the Chiefs can do it again. That'll be a tall task because the Ravens are very very good. Game will be in Baltimore. That would be extremely impressive if they could get it done again. But I I certainly wouldn't put it past them because. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, they obviously have that belief that with Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're going to find a way to get it done late.
2: 68 in Baltimore Friday, by the way, Ross. I don't know when you're going,
4: but... Yeah, no, I live like an hour 20 north of Baltimore, (laughs) so it's... Okay. I'm very happy when they have home playoff games because I can just drive down. Like, I'll be home by halftime of the Niners-Lions. Not bad. I'll be back in my house in Pennsylvania with a beer which is amazing um you know because as broadcasters you get paid per game right you know it's not like an hourly rate so the closer the game the better less time away from my family so yep but i mean is there anybody in the world that will be rooting for the chiefs in that game other than chiefs fans i guess maybe some taylor swift fans yeah that's got to be it right
2: i, I won't be On the line, by the way, insider Ross Tucker brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin, too. I won't be rooting for Kansas City. I've been fond of Baltimore since Jackson, uh, very much so. But I do like dynasties in sports. Like, whoever it is, I don't think the Chiefs are so unlikable that if I were— you know, not a fan of a team that's, that's their rival, that I'd be offended by them, you know? I, I like it when it, a team wins all the time. It makes it makes for a storyline you wouldn't otherwise have.
4: I, I like when the dynasties, unless it's my team, I like watching the dynasties lose <laughs> to the upstart or to the new team. And, and truly, as a former player, like, I like as many new guys getting opportunities. Like, my dream Super Bowl was Lions-Bills. Yep because I want it for the fan bases and I want it for the players and the organizations. So now my preference would be Baltimore and Detroit, because that would just be incredible, obviously for the people of Detroit. And for Baltimore, it's been a while, actually. I mean, they, they they really haven't had a whole lot of success over the last 10 years, at least as, as far as the playoffs are concerned. And that was the big talk. Even a halftime Saturday, mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh, oh yeah, a lot of nervous faces there in sure. Baltimore. I mean, it was 10-10. Houston had missed a forty-seven yard field goal; otherwise, they would have had to lead at halftime. And there were there were people that were definitely worried because you had the Lamar Jackson playoff thing. And then they came out, and their offensive coordinator Todd Munkin made some significant adjustments against the blitz, and they just shifted into overdrive and totally pulled away from the Texans in, in really impressive fashion. And now, now we'll see if they can do it again. Right. I'm curious to see whether or not that big playoff victory is good enough for their psyche to be able to take down, you know, Mahomes and the chiefs.
3: Yeah. W- while we're here, um, punchers chance for Detroit better than that going to San Francisco. Like, what do you think?
4: I think Punch is chanced for a couple reasons. Uh, Number one, man, I didn't think the Niners looked very good Saturday night. I mean, I thought the Packers were the better team. At some point, I think the Packers had six trips into the red zone and the Niners had zero, which is just awful, right? The quarterback sneak where they got stuffed, settling for field goals. The kid misses the field goal for Green Bay. Green Bay drops two interceptions that Purdy threw right to him. I mean, Jordan Love has three key misses late. That's why I said earlier, the Packers had so many chances to win that game. But again, why is it that certain teams, and San Francisco is one of them, they have a strong tendency to win these close playoff games, whereas other teams, and Green Bay is one of them, seemingly do not. And that's just kind of, where we're at but yeah I think Detroit has a puncher's chance and I think if Debo Samuel doesn't play that would be a big part of it it's so fascinating to me on today's even money betting podcast I was told by my co-host who like sets lines as a pro better that Debo Samuel believes. is the most valuable non quarterback skill player in the NFL. Wow. As far as the betting line and that he's worth between one and a half and two points. And I just said to the guy, that makes no sense. Because typically even if you're like unbelievable, Travis Kelsey or Diggs, they might be worth half a point. But the numbers for San Francisco are ridiculous. I mean when Debo's in the lineup, they average two yards per play more than when he's not.
2: That's so two good. That's so good. And play. it is counterintuitive because of people talk about their other options. Like, oh, well, then they'll throw the ball to Kittle. Or, but, and
4: Kittle and McCaffrey, yeah.
2: But what they did against Green Bay was kind of replace Debo Samuel with Jawan Jennings. And, like, that's not going to work. They, they're using Jawan Jennings on handoffs like he's Debo. That's really interesting. I believe it. But I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have guessed it. I believe it.
4: Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like a lot. One and a half to two points to me. And it sounds like Debo's going to be able to play. The, the Lions, unfortunately, are deficient at corner. And there's nothing they can really do about it before this game. So, that's, that's they have a clear weakness That It's hard to get to the Super Bowl when you have a clear weakness like this. And it is funny, right? Because a couple years ago, maybe three or four, they took Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State with the third overall pick. It's just so interesting. Anytime a team has a big hole like that, they almost always drafted somebody high a couple years earlier and it didn't work out. And because that's how the hole's created because you thought he was gonna and then yeah. he didn't and now this is the situation they're in.
2: not third overall but the Bills have Kyer Elam to figure out as they go into the off season, yeah. Trey White hurt, but Douglas, Benford, you know, they might be okay there. Okay, Ross, uh, thanks for your time as always. Enjoy the AFC Championship. How could you not?
4: Yeah, no, as long as it's not raining, it, it should be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm only on sideline for a couple games a year, and it's always just so cool. Man, I on the sideline for Lions-Rams, which was incredible, and obviously the first conference championship game in Baltimore since 1971 right. when the Colts hosted John Madden and the Raiders. You think about all the playoff success the Ravens have had. They haven't hosted any AFC championship games. They've all been on the road. It's it's pretty wild.
2: A young, spry, svelte John Madden back then.
4: Yes, exactly. Nice.
2: Thank you, Ross. See you guys. All right. That was uh, Odyssey NFL
3: insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men Have Skin 2 and by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com.
2: I gave him the Friday forecast, hoping to impress him. 48 in rain for the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, he, probably, little, he, may, he may know that. That's a little different. <laughs> not, not as good. 803-0550 to reach us. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, back with more of your phone calls, hopefully. After the update, this is
5: WGR. The draft contributions we had in particular, Dalton and Saibo, we were just you know talking about our offense before I came down here. And to see those two young players have that level of contributions for our team, Saibo all season long, Dalton a little bit more back half, say. But just to watch Dalton, again, like Josh, trying to will his way for our team to win. Here's a rookie making those special plays Sunday night there, and you're going, he gets it. I'm excited about the future for him and Josh and, and their rapport and, and what they can produce. and. And become on that field.
2: Sean McDermott, catch up with what he said today on the Odyssey app or WGR550.com. Sal has also written a summary, McDermott and Brandon Bean. Cybo, Cyrus. Osiris. Cyrus. Oh, Cyrus Torrance. So they, yeah. Cybo. Know. Cybo. Yeah. All
3: right.
2: Where's the buh coming from? Yeah, I don't know. That? Uh, yeah. I, didn't see, I don't see a buh.
3: Yeah.
2: What would he be if he were a hockey player? I I shudder to wonder what he would be nicknamed if he were a hockey player. Tory. Tory was so bad. Hockey is the worst. <laughs> Torzy. Torzy. Tor-Z. Oh, hockey is, C. hockey is the worst. Yeah, this definitely. this clinches None it. None of this works. This <laughs> clinches <Sorry>. it. Nine <laughs> o'clock pregame. Sabers and Ducks. Sabes and. <clears throat> I don't know how you shorten Ducks. Let's go to Scott next. Hi, Scott. Fox. Hawks.
5: Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> sure.
2: You, you, thanks thanks uh, for calling.
5: I agree with everything Ross was saying. He also left out their uh, Pro Bowl, maybe even All-Pro guard Joe Thuney got hurt. But well, he I mentioned that. He did mention that. He did
3: mention that, yeah.
5: yeah. Oh, I missed that name. Yeah. All right. um, I wanted to talk about second and nine because, you know, on the Yahoo Sports app at that point in the game, we actually had a 52.8% chance of winning. And I think we just completely gave the game away. I don't like people on Twitter talking about how, hey, just score what you can score. I mean, and the other callers said, like, what would the Chiefs have done? I really believe that they would have gone, they would have at least designed their strategy around how do we get this first down. I'm not asking them to take the clock down to two seconds. I'm not saying it to stop at the one yard line. But for Joe trying to play with three guys in the end zone, it's on him, it's on McDermott, and it's on Josh. Like, you got to hit Diggs. you got to find a way to get that first down. Well, and At least go from there. But that's, I really think that Chelsea.
3: Yeah, well, the thing about that is um, the guys going to the end zone m- m- might be a good tactic if the design of the play is to open up Diggs for that shorter pass. But Allen chose to go to the end zone because he looked the safety off and he knew he had felt confident he had Shakir. But – you're you're running the trying to draw the coverage away from Diggs there on a short route that might get you the first down, might get you close to the, the you know a third and short or whatever, um, and Allen chose differently there. So I, I I might want to defend Brady there because the the play might have been meant to Diggs and it popped open. I mean he he was an easy pitch and catch for if not the first down at least six or seven yards,
2: which in and, my opinion would have been perfect. Yeah. My bottom line on this, I'm happy to have maybe reopened the conversation on Twitter. There's a lot of back and forth. I mean, a lot of disagreement. I've been told by one follower that I'm going on mute because that's what I do, too, when people that I listen to ever say something I disagree with. I just turn them off. (laughs) The bottom line for me is I, of course, understand what they did. I don't hate what they did. I just don't think it was optimal. And I also, somewhat separately, don't think it's a coincidence that year after year we're talking about sort of a complicated strategy decision that the Bills got wrong. Or at least it maybe it's your opinion, In my opinion in this case, uh, that's what happened. And oh, by the way, how many years in a row are we in this condition? Like, it's just not a coincidence to me. The caller started his commentary by saying, what would Kansas City have done? I don't know. I, I like it more for... Because Andy Reid's not perfect at this stuff either. Like he, He's kind of bad at it. But not as a game planner or anything. Right. But what, what I like more is a, the way I put it an hour ago. Which is get in Patrick Mahomes' head. Like, if, if he's processing that situation... I don't think the touchdown bothers them at all. Like, my turn. They just played a playoff game we'll never live down two years ago like this. It was literally the two-minute warning when Allen hit Davis for the touchdown that gave the Bills the lead. And there were three more scores. What do you think Patrick (laughs) Mahomes is thinking on the sideline if Allen hits Shakir? Let's go. Does it mean they'll win? I think he's thinking, let's go. What is he thinking after what happened happened? beautiful we're gonna win it's over <laughs> right right the tuck the first down especially yeah. if it comes in two plays that much more time is the nightmare scenario for the chiefs because there is a way that the bills can end the game with a score a touchdown or with a, the, a shorter easier field goal uh is like almost that way the worst case scenario yeah. the question becomes what are your chances of getting a first down i think they're great because of what Diggs did on that play, and really in the first place, Allen running a draw or something, where he couldn't be stopped.
3: Yeah. I'd really love to know now. Like I sort <clears throat> of, I'm glad the caller. What was, did you remember Scott? Scott? I'm, I'm glad Scott called and brought it back up. because I feel like, how he was talking, like guys going to the end zone. I, I really believe that's that's how you get Diggs open, is to do that. You got to push guys out of coverage. If you run everybody short then there's traffic there. And it's going to be a lot harder to get and, you know, much after the catch, if anything. And you, I think you definitely want some of that. Um, I just wonder how much of this – obviously, the coaches could emphasize to Allen what they want, right? We want digs. It's going to be short, but we don't need touchdown. This point, you you know, it's the two-minute warning. you got time to talk it through. Like, did that happen? Or did they just call the play and Allen got to make his choice and his choice was, you know, which I, I've been defending and I still can. I, I I'm not I'm not turning my back on that. All I'm suggesting here is that any question about McDermott or Joe Brady and the tactics deployed might be answered by the fact that Diggs was I'm gonna say it wide open he was. on the play, and that might have been exactly what they wanted. Well, and Allen chose something different. So it's another one of these deals where we talk about coaching and them being, you know, sharp. And it might just be Allen just bulldozed through it because here's Shakir and I'm going to take my touchdown now. And, you know, we don't want to blame him. We'd rather blame the other people. But we don't know that. We don't know that. I'm just speculating. But obviously the design of the play left Diggs
2: wide open. And if the Bills had a discussion sort of the mindset that I'm talking about, Allen would have just thrown the ball to him. Like, easily, because that's exactly what he would have wanted to have happen on that play. I think, if he doesn't have it, he's yep, going to run that's probably and get right. his, op, his yep. automatic seven yards that way. I think he is a rules follower. Like, if he were told, this is what we should be doing. Yeah, you would you would have had to know. You would have had to talk about it and sort of yep. realize it in the first place, and I my my guess is the Bills just didn't see it that way, based on what we saw. Patrick is next. Hi, Patrick.
0: Hey, guys. I want to talk to you a bit just about the... Psychological experience of this loss, and, and get your thoughts. Um, this wasn't nearly the most devastating loss I've experienced in recent Bills history. It was actually a fairly clean game, uh, no turnovers, only one really notably ticky-tack call. Um, we even got the good luck of the fumble through the end zone. Just seemed like we lost a close game to a good team. Um, the hardest part for me is that you wear the previous year's losses with the recent loss, you know, and, and the future a little bit as well. You know, the professional sports that I follow are, are the NFL and, and NBA to a lesser degree. And in both those sports, there's usually an alpha who, who gobbles up most of the success, right? So there's, you know, Jordan and LeBron and Brady and Mahomes. And these guys make or win an impossible number of championship games. Even the other elite, but not quite, you know, Mount Rushmore elite alphas, the Reno's, the, the Rogers, the Breeze, Barkley, Malone's, you know, they get one or two shots over their whole career. And then there's these kind of random championships won by teams who have some other exceptional characteristic or circumstance, usually so definable that they have a name, like the, you know, the 2000 Ravens, the Legion of Boom Seahawks, the Bad Boy Pistons. And if it is offensive in football, at least it's a team marked by a QB who had like the three to four game run of his life, so Flacco's Ravens mm-hmm. or or Falls Eagles, Eli. So, he, exactly, exactly. He had two of them. So we have an elite. QB, probably a Hall of Famer in the prime of his career. Unfortunately, he was born into Brady's conference and now lives in Mahomes' conference. So he and Lamar and Joe, who are all awesome, are vying really for the leftovers. You know, Allen has 27 total touchdowns and four interceptions in his playoff career, and he's 5-5. Five and five. So I'll just conclude by saying that, you know, I'm not all doom and gloom going forward. You know, as long as we have Allen, I think we have a puncher's chance. And there is a lot of just luck involved in football, However, as we enter into a, at least a, a year or two of relative capel, you know, I can't help but feel like while we didn't exit the, the overall window, we probably exited, you know, the peak of it for at least a while. Um, I, I sort of envision us over the next couple of years kind of being the, the Russell Wilson Seahawks post-2015. So, so I'm wondering if you guys are experiencing a similar mindset going forward, you know, optimistic because of Allen, but maybe less enthusiastic than you were, you know, two or three years ago. And it seemed possible that we'd have, Several strong chances at the
2: Super Bowl. Thanks, guys. I mean, brilliant commentary. Uh, I'm not sure I've processed it yet. I want to see what happens Sunday because I think for narratives, obviously, Sunday is huge to further Patrick's commentary. If Kansas City wins and leftovers, right? But maybe Baltimore wins. Like these, there are there are other great players, even if they're not Patrick Mahomes, and there are other ways to win games. And I guess I'm in a sort of a mode here where I'm not happy with how the Bills played it at the end of that game. And I think had they been smarter about it, their odds of winning would have gone way up. And so I don't, don't, no offense. I loved listening to you lay that out, but I'm not, I'm not at Carl Malone yet. You know, like I just, I want to see if the Ravens can do it. And I'm not, more pessimistic for the Bills than two or three years ago, really, except for sort of their being in a moment where they're going to have to transition to a, basically a different team. Like they they're going they're going to be a lot different in the next year or two. And Diggs is a big part of that. I don't think he'll be gone next year, but we'll see what he can do. And the rest of their passing game, like, there's a lot that's going to change. Um, I mean, Brady and Manning is almost 20 years. And and Manning did get there, you know. He he got he won two, and I I think he'd be happy with two, <laughs> you know. I think he'd be happy with two. Um, yeah. So that's the best I can do right now for an answer.
3: Yeah. I um, it's still so close to me, like so recent. I mean, um, there is a finality because of it's really Hyde and Poyer almost almost exclusively to me, um. That they aren't there anymore, so the bills are—they're are, definitely going to be different in some important ways. That doesn't mean that they can't improve, too. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that—that could happen. That happens in sports. Um, but I—I'm I, sort of more with the caller on, like, yeah, they'll be good. They'll have a shot, but you know. 21, and this year with Burrow not even being in the playoffs, not healthy, it just—I don't know that you'll have as good a look again without having to go through, you know, what, what, what yet, you, you know, Burrow, the the Deshaun does somebody else get in the class that is topped by Mahomes and Allen and Jackson. Uh, d- does Justin Herbert, maybe with Jim Harbaugh, figure it out. And do I have another guy there now to worry about? I've got the kids coming. CJ Stroud made the playoffs and yeah, they got blown out in the second half, but that's a hell of a star- That's a hell of a building you know block for them in his first year. Um, there's just more coming. And so I think, you know, I, I don't think the-, the bottom falls out, but I feel like their best opportunities um, for a, a year or so, maybe. Like, I feel like next year, I'd be surprised if they have as good a look at it as they just had next year.
2: It just, especially if Kansas City wins Sunday, two years in a row where the whole season was like how they're not as good. And this year you played them at home. And the whole year, which is like, how mm-hmm. come Kansas City can't score anymore? They came here and they scored at will. And you lost. Like, it's, it it is... uh Pretty intimidating how it's gone. Mike Schopen the Bulldog back after this. This is WGR. Mike Schopen the Bulldog still pouring over Bill's Chiefs and how it ended especially. There is a hockey game tonight. The Sabres are in Anaheim. Chance here this week. They missed one Saturday, but uh, have three California games. Ducks and Sharks on the edges are... Pretty bad. L.A.'s good. Not amazing, but like to see the Sabres get a few points. Five out of six, maybe, this week. Make it interesting. They'll have a break next week. You asked me about this off the air before we started. I didn't find out for sure. I didn't know that Tage Thompson's dad was an assistant coach for the Ducks, or in the league. And the Sabres have two players whose fathers are assistant coaches for Anaheim. Right. Ryan Johnson is the other. So both of their dads, Tage's
3: dad and Ryan Johnson's dad are, I, well, I don't know that they're all on the bench. They, One of them, whatever. They're assistant coaches for the Ducks. I, and that that's that's pretty cool. That is a pretty cool moment for fathers and sons, I would think.
2: Who has the edge?
3: The whole family's even.
2: Ooh. Uh, push. Advantage push. <laughs> that's it. Let's get a call in if we can. We should have a little time here. Russ is next. Hi, Russ.
6: Hi, good evening. How are you?
2: Good, Russ.
3: You
6: know, Thanks I've for calling. I've been a Bills fan for a long time, and I still go back to my first great moment as a Bills fan when Bill Simpson picked off Richard Todd in the end zone. You know, it's a long time ago, but been a Bills fan forever. I, I'll tell you the truth. You know, the funny thing is, you no, know, I hear everyone talking, well, oh, Angie out coached him, and you read the great coach, and he's a great coach. The funny thing is, you go back, you know, a little, little bit ago, and they couldn't get wait to get rid of him out of Philadelphia, going one and four in NFC championship games. I think he hosted three of them. So, you know, I know people are down on McDermott, which brings me to my next one. I had no, first of all, they did, someone called before. They did say they would have gone for it on fourth and five. I don't think they said the morning guys they would have gone for it on fourth and nine. I don't is- either. I, I, I don't think they said that, but I wouldn't have gone for it. Listen, do I think Patrick Mahomes would come down and score the field? Yeah, but if you don't believe, you know, at all in your defense, then you shouldn't be there. So, But my point mainly is, you know, people are ripping them for the offensive game plan. They played it. First of all, I think you said it best before. If I would have told you at first and ten, this, at this time last week, at the 27-yard line with 240 to go, you would have told me, where can I sign? Okay, that's what mm-hmm. you. But the bottom the bottom line is, yeah, you know what? Everyone says they should have unleashed. You know, Alan. You know, he's so conservative. The first meeting, he threw the ball. What did he throw the ball? Thirty-five, forty times against Kansas City, and we scored twenty points. Now, I, I believe he didn't believe it that much in the defense. They're all banged up, you know. And and they were running the ball. They scored. They scored twenty-four points. You saw Baltimore. Do the same thing against Texas. The other, they ran the ball forty-two and threw the ball twenty-two. It really depends who you're playing, and I, I, I it's funny because if he connects on that second down to Shakir in the end zone, you know, I, I don't know if Mahomes comes down, but you know, you're not talking about oh how bad the game plan was. Listen, we had the chance. I didn't think the game plan was bad. And I've had problems. Listen, I was at the, that the, Philly the game where you talked about
2: IT. Like, the bottom, the bottom line is, you're saying so many things, and, you know, fine. The bottom line is they lost. It's it's They sure. didn't hit the throw, and there is a strategy point to be made that it wasn't the right call. Like, these things happened. And the regular season right. is irrelevant, and the Baltimore game is irrelevant, and the 80s are irrelevant. The bottom line is, again, they, they lose on the edges. It happened again. We've got another year of wondering if next year will be different. That's the bottom line. Right. right. And that's more pointed
3: I think directly at the at the two-minute warning and second and nine and how they handled that. The, the rest of the game plan, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the considering their de- they did everything they wanted to do, they scored enough points and I absolutely, I mean, you said back to me what I've been saying for 2 days now. Uh, you tell me it's a two-minute warning and I've got the ball at the KC 26 yard line. And I need a touchdown to go ahead by four. Like, I'm signing up for that. I don't think I would have been stressed at all during the week if you tell me that's where I'm going to be. I, I would have taken it 100
2: times out of 100. I am too. I agree with that too. I agree with that too, Russ. Thanks for calling. Interesting to listen to you. Mike open the Bulldog, back after the update here on WGR.